I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. February 14th, 1998. Sixth grade. Dear diary. Dear Jesus. Dear sweet asswad. Adults sharing the embarrassing things they created as kids. So I wrote poems about masturbation. Before an audience of total strangers. I feel like an idiot. I'm the only normal one in my entire family. Mom, you can't read this. These are the stories hidden inside the pages of our past. You're listening to The Mortified Podcast. I'm Dave, and today's episode peeks inside the teenage diary of Jill Demansky, who growing up had a truly special relationship with her grandfather. We were very close. I saw him a lot because we lived very close by, and I was raised by a single mom, and so my grandparents often took care of me. So to him, I was like, you know, his little girl, I guess, and I had a great amount of respect for him. Jill's respect for her grandfather was due, in large part, to his courageous legacy. Both my grandparents um, were Holocaust survivors. I just knew that he had gone through a lot and lost a lot of people in his life. But when she was 15, her grandfather passed away. It was a really difficult time for the teenager. Still, every day, she kept him in her thoughts. Whenever I would write in my diary, I always felt like he was listening. He was there sort of observing these things and listening to every word I had to say. So Jill started writing in her diary as if she were talking to her grandpa, which was hugely comforting, unless, of course, you consider the very teenage girl things she was actually writing about. Things no teenage girl would or should ever share with her grandfather. My grandfather was pretty conservative. If he knew that I was sort of sexually active, so to speak, I don't think that he would have been a fan of that. Here's Jill Demansky, recorded at Littlefield in Brooklyn, sharing the diary she wrote to her deceased grandfather with the hopes that he could somehow help her with her guy troubles. Hi, I'm Jill. I'm from Rockaway Beach, New York. I started writing in my diary when I was 15 years old. Uh, I had a lot going on at the time. My parents were divorced. My sister was away at school. I was developing new sexual urges and romantic interests. So I needed some like safe place to turn to so I can 
express these things. And so I chose what I thought was, you know, the rational place to turn, my diary, and I addressed it to, you know, who I thought made sense, which was my recently deceased Holocaust surviving grandfather. <laughs> Here that goes. Dear Grandpa, <laughs> I haven't written in a couple of days. Two days ago was your unveiling. It was really sad. Grandma was crying a lot, and so was I. Aunt Claire made a really nice speech for you. Don't worry, Grandma is well taken care of. I slept at Vicky's last night and got drunk. <laughs> I love you. Jill. <clears throat> Dear Grandpa, Mom is so annoying. She wants me to get off the phone at 10 and sleep at 10.30. At least let me get off at 10.45 and sleep at 11. I don't even fall asleep till like 12 or 1 anyways. But what can I do? She's mean and obnoxious. She won't take me shopping, and when she does, she'll get me shit, probably. <laughs> Stacy, my sister, stained my fave tank and embarrassed me online by saying that I have big tits and little nips. <laughs> ah. I hate when she acts like she's two, which is always. I'm such an unhappy person. Well, gotta go cry. Love you, Jill. Dear Grandpa, I haven't spoken to you in a while. Sean came over today. I'm in love with him. I know how much he loves me and how much he cares about me, so it doesn't matter how he says bone and stuff like that. I really think I'm gonna say something to my mom about sex. I don't wanna scare her or stop me from seeing him, but I wanna have it. Grandma doesn't like Sean's hair. Whatever. I have to study. Love you. Love always. Jill Sarah. Dear Grandpa. I spoke to Mom. She told me to wait until I'm 18. She said, wait for someone else. <laughs> and I said, no. I'm not waiting until I'm 18. And what if no one else comes? And I get older and I waste my virginity away like Stacy did. Not gonna happen to me. I'm in love with him. I'll wait a little longer, but not three years. I have an appointment to go to the gynecologist on Thursday. I wanna go on the pill. Well, mom, the biatch, said that I could go tomorrow to get my nails done. And now today, the day before, in the car, she says no. What a fuckhead. She said, she said she's been driving me all week and that she has a life. She can't take less than an hour each day of her pathetic life to devote to me. What a great mother. Well, I went to Ariel's today and Jamie taught me more cheers. I love Jamie, she's so cute. Whatever, love Jill. Dear Grandpa, sorry, I've been preoccupied. With what? I don't know, certainly not Sean. I don't understand why I love someone so much who makes me cry more than anything else. I thought he changed, but who was I kidding? I really want to talk to him. I've called him like 20 times and he hasn't called me back once. I went to this club, Plaza Suite, last weekend and I hooked up with Chris. I know, he's so hot. I want him so badly. Oh, and this kid Jay likes me. He's Jewish and really nice, so I'll consider it. 
Eric still likes me, and I like talking to him. He's a funny kid. Whatever. I'm gonna go relax. Love you, Jilly. <laughs> Dear Grandpa, I spoke to Stacy today. She, along with everyone else, thinks Sean is an asshole. Mom, Claire, and Grandma went to see you today. Mom came home and said, I said hi to Grandpa for you today, and I was rude to her and told her that I didn't ask her to. <laughs> I feel bad, but I talk to you all the time. <laughs> How is it up there? Good, I hope. I can't wait to see you again. I miss you, I love you. Have a good night. Did you meet Marilyn Monroe? Thanks for being the only one who really listens to me. Love, Jilly. Dear Grandpa, Jay picked me up two weeks ago and he took me back to his apartment. We hooked up, he fingered me, that was it. It was pretty good. I had a really good time. He's nice and I like what we have. I just wish I knew how much or if he really likes me. You'd like him. I'll write more later. Love you, Jilly. So in this particular entry, there was a um, Boogie Nights ticket stub attached to it with an arrow pointing to it. Dear Grandpa, great movie. It's basically a two hour and 30 minute porno. Okay, stop. Jill, think about Jay. Jay, he said he wanted to take us to the next level. He doesn't know what that is, but what I wanna know is how many levels are there before we're actually going out? Jilly. Dear Grandpa, I went to Jay's grandma's last night. I had fun. I jerked him off and he came so much. He showered after and then he kept telling me how it was the best thing he ever felt and that I deserve a Nobel Peace Prize for it. Yeah. I guess I was flattered. I love Tori Amos. <laughs> She's so cool. Okay, I'll write tomorrow or whatever. I'm really proud of myself. I'm doing well in school. I keep my diaries very often, and I know that you're proud too. I think you're the reason, so thanks. Love, Jilly. <laughs> Dear Grandpa, I talked to Sean today. He made me cry again. He really loves me. When he tells me and says other things like that, I honestly really feel that he means it in my heart. I love him, and when I say things like that, I ask myself, then why aren't you with him? And I don't have an answer. I hate the world today. It's so stereotypical and so materialistic, and I am too. And I hate myself for that. Clothing, makeup, hair, that's what the world's about in high school. How did I become like this, one of these? I admit it, I'm a Jap. It's horrible. My friends are jabs, all of them, even the guys. This is how it is with my friends. If you're not a jab, you're just not cool. And I don't agree with that, but I play the same game. And I act and think like I'm better than everybody else, but why? Because I have flare jeans and platform Steve Maddens? <laughs> Love you, Jilly. Dear Grandpa, I'm in Florida now. Oh, by the way, I finished the third cycle of the birth control pill last Saturday. <laughs> Back to Florida. It's been, it's been a nice few days, but it's also been ugly weather. 
I got sick here, like really sick. I honestly felt like something was really wrong. I felt like I was going to die. I have a bad cold, a sore in my mouth that kills. And as I'm writing this, I think I found another one. Plus, I shit twice and bled. <laughs> Tonight, I saw Titanic. I can't start to describe it. This is now and will always be my favorite movie. It had such an effect on me. Leonardo DiCaprio, besides being beautiful, was such a sweet romantic. He loved her so much and she loved him as well. I couldn't believe it when he died and she let him go. This was such a powerful movie and it made me think so much. Grandma said that she didn't know if she would choose Jack over the rich guy because he was so rich. <laughs> but if you love someone so much, of course that overweighs everything, right? Which made me think, why am I with Jay? I think too deeply about certain things and not enough maybe about others. It should have been easy for me. I love Sean. I don't love Jay. There's my decision. P.S. Grandma talked about you two meeting on the boat because the stories were similar, in kind of a way. She told me what you did, you naughty boy. <laughs> well, I love you and I hope you're living large and happy. Jill Sarah Feldman. I think that one thing that I had learned from my grandfather was sort of knowing what is and is not important. Maybe, I think that writing out my feelings, you know, about both of the boys, I think sort of helped to sort things out for me, you know, think about what advice I would have been given or what would be this quote, the right thing to do. Doing the right thing was important to me because it was important to my grandfather. So I guess I wanted approval more than advice. Dear Grandpa, funny story. Me and Jay broke up. Okay, I'm not going to go into such detail, but we both agreed that our relationship was really going nowhere and that it was more of or exactly like a friendship. We, we laughed that we haven't hung out since before Thanksgiving and we decided to, quote, put our foot on the brake, as Jay said, and see whatever happens and still remain friends. When he left, we gave each other a big hug and agreed that it was one of the best conversations we ever had. We'll still call each other and maybe start to hang out again. I'm happy and we're both happy. I can't wait to see him tomorrow, which is a first. Well, I'll best be off to bed now. Nighty night, Jilly, P.S. I love you. So it didn't really work out with any of these guys, but my grandfather remains a good listener. <laughs> Thank you. That was Jill Demansky reading aloud her childhood writings with no embellishing, no exaggerating, just God-given awkwardness, recorded in Brooklyn at Littlefield. And we caught up with Jill recently and found out that there was more to the story in our post-mortem, Fide. For instance, we found out that her grandparents' history was especially epic when it came to romance. The story that I was told is this, like, fairy tale. They had met on the boat coming to America. They both spoke a little bit of Yiddish at the time, but like didn't really speak the same language. And it was just sort of, in my mind, <laughs> love at first sight. 
my grandmother, prior to the Holocaust and leaving for America, she had been engaged. So it is actually very much like the story you see in the movie Titanic in some ways. Thankfully, the ship made it. But um, <laughs> but it, I, it's sort of in my mind is this like very whimsical fairy tale romance that definitely impacted me. The legacy of her grandparents also served to help Jill, especially when it seemed like nothing was going her way. I have points in my life, phases where I realize how silly certain things are. And I think that it, it comes from thinking back to what my grandparents had gone through compared to what we have to deal with nowadays. I think, though, in high school, those periods of time of sort of clarity were were probably fewer and further between. But perhaps one of the hardest moments Jill has faced was during her adolescence when she lost her grandfather. He had cancer, he got sick, and then it was just sort of a quick progression of the illness. So it was probably just that a few months that he was really sick and then passed away. You know, he, That was my first loss ever, and it was obviously a big one for me. There's probably so many things that I would have wanted to say that I didn't know I wanted to say. I don't think that I got a real goodbye just because by the time it was clear that it was going that direction. He was already so sick and just sort of not really there anymore. I think I just felt like there was unfinished business. Unable to say goodbye, Jill turned to the pages of her diary and kept up her relationship with her granddad, an act no parent or teacher or even counselor, for that matter, told her to do. It was just something Jill did on her own. So it probably won't be much of a shock when you find out what she grew up to do for a living. I am a social worker, mostly children and adolescents. And in fact, keeping a journal or writing a letter is something she recommends to many of her clients. Writing letters, even if you don't send them to people who are alive, who aren't alive, just to sort of get your thoughts out in a cathartic way and can be really helpful. You know, I think it actually really helped and made a difference in my life at the time. I mean, I think that grief is a... An interesting thing where it doesn't just get sealed and filed away. I think it can be reopened, you know, at different times. But I think at that time in my life, that is what I needed to sort of seal it for that period. And I think it did help. And you'll be thrilled to know that just like her grandparents, Jill eventually met her Jack. And their chemistry was so instant, it felt like something straight out of the movies. I met my now husband and I knew right away on the first date, and so did he. And we sort of just, like, said on the first date, I'm going to marry you. And it was just, like, sort of clear, like, right away. And though Jill didn't write a diary about her wedding, she's certain her grandfather wasn't far away. I think about him a lot. I think that when there's big family events, I definitely feel like he's there. My grandfather would really love my husband, and I think that he would definitely approve And that makes me feel good. To share the shame, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, or visit getmortified.com to learn about Mortified stage shows, books, films, and beyond. Click participate, and who knows, maybe you'll appear on a future episode of this series. And as many of you know, the Mortified podcast is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, which is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation and MailChimp who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. And if your organization is interested in supporting our podcast too, just email sponsor at radiotopia.fm. 
Our podcast production team for this episode includes the wonderful Kathy Tu, Pierce Perselli, Neil Ketcher, and myself, Dave Nadelberg. Christina Galante story produced this for the stage. Music by Gordon Bash, Alex Burke, Adam Smith, The Angel, and Snakes, Snakes, Snakes. Additional thanks to Littlefield in Brooklyn, Lance Roberts Studios, Will Dwyer, Aparna Kumar, and all the dedicated Mortified live producers whose work always makes the stage show possible. Until next time, we remind you that we are freaks, we are fragile, and we all survived.